Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And I am Bill Sickens, host of User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome to this week's show. Got some great stuff coming up for you. We're looking at some news, some different things that are happening out there. Amazon has announced some great new smart products, and we're going to be diving into that a little bit. Talk about it a little bit later in the show, but we've got something interesting that's happened on the PlayStation 5 front. So that'll be coming up. Send us your questions and your comments. The number is 503-766-6264. One user-friendly on Facebook and Twitter. Userfriendlyshow.com is the website. All of those places you can go, send your questions, send your comments, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, and check out our podcast, Salem Media Group and the iHeart Podcast Network, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Up next is the news. Our Landscaping Services is a small local business working hard to provide you excellent services and great communication for all your landscaping construction. Reach out to us for your new paver patio, retaining wall, artificial turf installation, walkways, fencing, and more. We will work with you to make your backyard dream a reality. Call 971 708 21 Two, three. So what is in the news? NBC Universal warns YouTube TV subscribers that 14 of its networks could soon go dark. So this is not a problem that's just on standard cable. Mm. And what it is is NBC wants more money when they renegotiate their contract. YouTube TV is saying we don't want to give you more money. So they're saying, well, you can't run our channels past the end of your current contract and has threatened to cut them off. And it's interesting, if this actually happens, it probably will between now and we record a couple of days before we air. So by the time we air, this actually could already have happened. And um, YouTube TV is saying they're going to lower the cost by $10 a month while the channels are gone. Okay. And while they figure out, you know, a way to get them back. So this is just really, we've seen this on things like Dish Network and Comcast and Charter and all that stuff from time to time where uh, the providers want more money for their content, the people selling at the cable company, in this case, uh, YouTube TV, so the internet video company, is saying we don't want to pay more for it. But what it always seems to end up happening here is nobody makes less profits. We just pay a higher subscription fee eventually. Yay. Mm. Ford picks Kentucky and Tennessee for $11.4 billion Electric vehicle investment. So we're going to get some plants here in the States for this, for Ford. They're producing the F-150 electric version of it and batteries. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. That is good. That's great. So, you know, and I want to clarify, because I had a couple of questions come in on this from a comment a few weeks ago. I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, anti-electric vehicle. I think it is where we need to go. I just think that we need to be able to produce a product that doesn't have almost the same carbon footprint as what we have now. And I think <laughs> as the technology improves, it will. And the other thing is, is I doubt, absolutely believe they've got to come up with a way to recycle the batteries at scale. Having all that lithium and other chemicals going into landfills is, is not a good idea. No. So um, in any event, the other thing that's very interesting is something like a third of the carbon emissions from producing vehicles could be saved if you keep your car an extra year or two. Huh. Even on a gasoline vehicle, it's it's better to do that just because of the 
process to manufacture the replacement. So I think all of us have probably helped out for that. We seem to all keep our cars forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. my car is like 30 years old or more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so my, Mine's coming up on 20, so. My, my truck's an 83, and it's in great condition. I've just maintained it. And uh, my car is newer, but I had to replace it when my other one got totaled, which I did have for 15 years, I think. Yeah, so, yeah you yeah. were really happy with that one. Yeah, I was. And I haven't really been happy with one since. I like the one I have now better. It's a Star Wars edition of the Nissan Rogue, the special one that came out a few years ago for the movie. But um, I miss my old car. It was just made better. Anyway, enough of my rant there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Amazon announces a number of new smart products. Yeah, this is actually cool. We're going to talk about this in a lot more detail later in the show. They had their event this week announcing new things that are coming out. Some of them we did know about, a very unique approach. I'm just going to leave it at that to security, home security. And there's some other things, upgrades to the Echo show and and things like that. So I'm not going to spoil it now because we're going to be talking about this in a lot more detail. But some of these items are kind of cool. One of them, I'm not quite sure what I would do with it yet, but I'm still going to get one, of course. It's a smart product. And um, looking at the stuff, it looks like there's some things that are coming out that will save energy and and things. So I think there's there's some good material here. Apple Watch can detect arrhythmias other than AFib. This is an Apple and Stanford study. Yeah, there you go. Um, So a smartwatch is still not a replacement for a doctor. No. And I always say that because we get to ask this any time we talk about this. However, as an (laughs) augmentation tool, these type of things can save lives. Yeah, it it can get someone to realize, oh, hey, there's something that's not right. Maybe I need to call my doctor and have a conversation. And if you're not into Apple, there's other smartwatches that have similar sensors. And the idea being here is that it can monitor and do different things. And from a health perspective, this type of thing can save lives and and, and be very important. But what you don't want to do is say, oh, I'm just going to depend on my watch and then not monitor anything. That isn't quite the idea either, but uh, <laughs> to use them together is a good thing. Paying for Taco Bell with Dogecoin may soon be a reality. Okay, first of all, you pronounced it right. We get questions about how that's said, and uh, I've heard mm. dog coin, which is not correct. Anyway, uh, You know, it, it might be, somebody might be calling it a dog coin because they're thinking... Yeah, and they don't like it. Uh, um, I think it must be a French word, right? I, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. Or Italian, it like, maybe? It seems like it comes from that type of a background. And we'll have to figure that out. I don't know the answer to that today. I do know that there's a couple of places. Taco Bell is one of them in the headline. Uh, Whole Foods is another one that may be accepting cryptocurrency. I think they're looking at Bitcoin. But mm-hmm. this mm. is an interesting thing. Now, I don't know if I would ever do this. Because it, it just seems like, okay, you go through the drive through you'd have to pay electronically, of course, and that's nothing unusual. A lot of people do that now. But you're pulling it from your crypto wallet. I don't know. You're relying on Taco Bell, in this case, to have a secure system on their end because of the Oh, the what couldn't works. go wrong there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm, not, yeah. not, not Taco Bell specifically, but, it, you know, we've no, seen but in general. companies in general yeah. do not do that well sometimes. Yeah, And then the other side of it is, is just the whole thing with cryptocurrency. Now, in a couple of weeks, we are going to have a guest on the show that is very pro-crypto. And I'm not anti, but I kind of look at this as almost like gambling. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe my opinion will be changed after we talk to him. But the, the, the idea here 
is again, you have currency that's not actually based on anything. Of course, the argument is fiat currencies, which is like the dollar and currencies made by a country, aren't really necessarily based on anything either, but they are backed up at least by that country. So anyway, um, the idea of all of this, we've talked about it before, but it's still out there. The other little footnote on this with cryptocurrencies, China has announced this week that crypto transactions are illegal in China. And mm-hmm. of course, the exchange has dropped in value on that news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so again, they're saying the central bank is not able to process all of this. And then you also have the uh, carbon footprint that it creates. So anyway, it, you know, it's again, new technology. There's bugs to be worked out. I've always said I think it has its place. I just don't feel like as an investment for me. If I was going to do cryptocurrency, I would use the same money that I would use if I was going to go to Las Vegas and play the slot machine, which doesn't mm-hmm. mean don't do it. A lot of people enjoy that and it's fun. And I think crypto has that feeling, mm-hmm. but don't use your rent money. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah, that. I agree. Bitcoin mining company buys Pennsylvania power plant to meet electricity needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, uh, carbon <laughs> yeah, footprint, this is yeah. crazy. So one transaction is about 1600 kilowatt uh kilowatt hours and that includes the mining process recording the transaction you know everything that would go along with it now you use about 30 kilowatt hours on an average in your home in a day uh-huh. so if you do the math on that you know you're doing what 30 transactions no 15 transactions is equivalent to one day's use hopefully i did my math right in your house so that is a lot of energy any way you look at it and the bottom line of this is, is it's just a situation, again, new tech where this has to come down and it, getting power the cheapest possible way for these operations obviously plays into it because that's a big part of the cost. So they're buying this power plant and using the entire output of the power plant to run the mining operations. And That I, seems dumb. Yeah, I didn't see if that was also their blockchain, but it was definitely the mining operations. And, um, you know, again, but right now there's money to be made. You mine it, it's obviously worth more than what you would pay in in power consumption. But uh, we'll see where it goes. Well, we've got a great show for you this week. We've got a listener that actually found one of the new gaming consoles. I've even been able to verify the story. That'll be coming up next. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We have been talking about video game consoles, well, for the past year and a half, and the fact that you can't get the new ones. You can if you've won the lottery. I mean, you can get them, you know, online like eBay or something like that if you want to spend thousands of dollars. But what about buying them in a store? Wouldn't that be weird? Joining me today is listener and guest Dr. Grinstead. Dr. Grinstead, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. So we heard a rumor that you actually managed to get a PlayStation 5 at a store. Yeah, I, I feel very fortunate and lucky. Um, I worked at I was diligent. I worked at it for some time, stopping in local stores. But yeah, this week I, I picked up a, one of the new PS5s at, at Best Buy. So at Best Buy, so an actual big box store for the price it was supposed to be, or, or did they charge you $10,000? 
<laughs> no, it was the real price. Imagine that. <laughs> it's just I've seen them actually. You can get them consistently on Amazon for twelve hundred now, and that's better than it was. So, how long have you been looking for a, for a new PlayStation? Well, pretty much since they came out. I mean, it was impossible in the beginning. I uh, had stopped in. I actually had the same experience with a switch, trying to get a switch back when COVID kind of messed things up, and they weren't available. And what I did at that point was I just stopped into one of the the stores. I picked one day a week, and I alternated days. You know, one week it was Wednesday, the next week it was Thursday. I also chose different stores. It would be a GameStop one day and a Best Buy another day. Maybe the local Supercenter Walmart right down the street from me. But um, because I had done that, I checked back with all these stores when the PlayStation 5 was released. And they all had received some at the, um, you know, at the launch. But they just disappeared like they, I mean... People had pre-ordered them. They essentially did not get any in the store. It just they just vanished. And uh, at one point, Walmart told me they got twenty more in, but the people that are selling them on eBay and Amazon, they were all there before they arrived on the truck, and they just snatched them up. And that's people spending a thousand, eighteen hundred dollars sometimes for a PS Five. It's crazy. Well, I know that we've been seeing it all over the place at these just astronomical numbers. And we actually talked to a guest earlier in the year that was talking about setting up software to be able to order them online immediately when they appeared, like a bot. And mm -hmm. that way, if you went on and tried to order them manually, it was faster because it was automated. And you got it, uh, you wouldn't have been able to get one because they got it, is basically what it came down to. And this week, I know with Best Buy... They were showing on their website that it was an in-store only event. You couldn't even order them through the site. You would have had to have gone to the store. And that's how the rumor came out. Now, Best Buy normally does restock when they get them in on Thursdays. What day did you get it? Was it a Thursday? Um, I think it was. I believe it was Tuesday this week. Was it Tuesday? Okay. And again, it was yeah. an unusual thing because they were talking yeah. about doing this. But um but yeah, but it, it, the stores have the things. There's even a video, and we'll go ahead and post a link to it on our social media, that is a live stream that constantly checks all of the different stores to see if they have inventory. Yeah, and, and you had um, let me know about that video. It's a very interesting, I've never seen anything like it. That's an interesting video um, or site to go to. And, and you know, I mean, one day I was on there and was somebody had mentioned that you could get a free PS5 somewhere. And so the chat was going back and forth about where they had to go and where they could get it. And I thought found that kind of silly since there's so many people out there trying to actually buy one. But it's, a, it's an interesting site because I just have never seen anything that, you know, would be. It's live, but yet it's it's current. It's up to date. Right. Very it's live, interesting. It's live. So when you think about the programming behind that, I mean, somebody had to write software to check all the different websites to see if there was inventory, then live encode it into a video, servers to do that, and then actually make the stream and then put it out on YouTube, which is where it's hosted. I, I, that would take some doing. I mean, that's not something just everybody could do. So, <laughs> Yeah, it, it was fascinating um, just to see that somebody had come up not just with the idea, but had to know how to put all that together. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a incredible lengths to go. I guess a need really or necessity is the mother of invention. I think that's the saying. 
And uh, <laughs> it is. So, well, you'll have to come back and let us know what you think of it when you've had a little time with it. And uh, if it's even worth it right for other things. <laughs> be glad to. Well, I can give you a couple of, you know, comments. I've played with it for a few days now. Um, but I would say that um, in all of the stores that I free have frequented, it did not work the way it did a year ago with the Switch. Everything is being sold online. So to walk into a store and have it be available that day is funny. I go into Best Buy ever so often anyway, and there was a young sales rep there, and he says, I was wondering if we'd see you today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like he had put one aside for me, right. but I was there when it when it opened, knowing that, you know, having kind of hearing that they might have them that day on Tuesday. Um, but like at uh, GameStop, for example, I went over to GameStop after I picked up the one at Best Buy um, to pick up a second controller. I had a gift certificate there. And while I was in there, I met a customer who had bought one online from GameStop the week before. Okay. And what he told me was he's a, I don't know how much we want to go into other companies like that, but he was a pro club member with GameStop. Okay. And they allow the pro club members a 30-minute early access. And once a week, suppose theoretically, they drop a number of PlayStation 5s that you can purchase. And he had picked one up. He said, I knew when it was coming. I got online. I just kept hitting refresh and hit the buy button, hit refresh and the buy, and all of a sudden it went through and he got his PlayStation. So people are picking them up. I think it's loosening up a tad bit. Right. But uh, I would say up to this point, I don't know what the percentage is. It's way up in there in the 90 percentile somewhere as, as far as sales being done online only. It's 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 been pretty stiff. Well, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, it just it, there was a point where it was even overloading retailers' websites. And you got to think they're pretty set up for high volume stuff because it's out there. And uh, and that's the case. Well, listen, thank you. That's our time today. Dr. Dale Grinstead, who actually got a PlayStation 5. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We got some announcements this week from Amazon with some new smart products that they're coming out with, and some of them seem pretty cool. Some of the highlights, I think the one that kind of stood out to me the most is an Alexa robot. Yeah, I saw that. I thought, you know, that's what I need, another robot running around the house because I mean, the, the vacuum isn't enough. <laughs> it is, uh, it's kind of a cool looking little thing i'm not entirely sure what i would do with it but it is definitely something i'm going to get my hands on to see what it what its capability is I, I haven't seen a um a picture of it what does it look like um it's a little device it's white it's got wheels and a kind of almost like a droid sort of so it, is it like an r2 unit or or more 3po it's more the it's, smaller yeah a mouse droid yeah, a little I, bit bigger than a mouse droid, but it's got a head kind of looking thing with yeah. little brown okay. glowy eyes. Yeah, the, the, head, head. the head is a screen okay. um, with eyes. I mean, it, it looks like it's kind of cool in some ways. It has a drink holder so it can bring you drinks, I would assume. 
Um, <laughs> the name of the device is Astro. Oh, I see. And it, okay. kind of, it makes me think of Canine from uh, Doctor Who. Well, <laughs> Astro was um, the name of the Jetsons dog. Yes, yeah. but that was a living dog, dog not a yeah. robot dog. So okay, it, it's kind of cute. Yeah, um, <laughs> it'll work with a ring, so your home security and all that kind of thing. Okay, and um, do a number of different things, and it has privacy features and all that kind of stuff. Cup holder it can has a blood pressure monitor. Can carry things like a Ziploc bag. You know, I would probably um, put some foam ears on it so it looks like it has ears. Little dog. Yeah, like yeah. dog or it's kitty a ears. Yeah. You get a tail too. Yeah, there you are. So this is a device. If you want to buy it, you're going to have to pre-register for it. Retail price is nine ninety nine, so a thousand dollars. And it says that it's going to be fifteen hundred dollars when it goes into general production. Wow. So it is one that you'll drop a little bit to get, but it looks like it's it's kind of cool. They've upgraded the ring alarm plans. We were talking about that to a pro version, which adds a number of new features. There's new video doorbells and things that go along with all of that. They've updated the smart thermostat and are making one that's specifically for the ring Amazon system. And this is something that I actually want to try out. It uh, looks like it's very straightforward, but it monitors energy consumption, different things like that pretty well. They've updated. Now, they've already updated the Echo Shows this year. There's new versions pretty much that they're out there. But this one is an Echo Show 15, so it's a 15-inch screen. It actually hangs on the wall instead of being on a stand. Like a picture. Like a picture, yeah. It looks it has that kind of idea. It even has matting, so it looks like a picture frame. And it does a little bit more. The examples that they're showing it would be in use in a place like the kitchen. So you can have recipes, a list of what you need to buy at the store, that kind of thing. So home hub idea, Samsung does it under that name. Uh, theirs is built into some of their refrigerators. But the point being, another way to deal with this and another kind of a smart screen to be able to have if you want that. Another product called Amazon Glow, which is kind of interesting, especially in this world of distance learning for right now. It's an interactive projector, so it has video calling. And the idea with it is, is for young children, they can draw and interact with somebody on the screen while they're doing that. They can write and interact with somebody on the screen while they're doing that. So a remote learning platform, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that, you know, could be interesting. One of the more unique products, and this is one we actually talked about last year when we got a kind of a heads up view of it, is this drone security camera thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's for indoor security, and it is a box. Oh, it actually flies around. It flies it? around your house. You can direct it to different rooms and stuff like that. And it's again the idea is for security, so you can see what's going on in different parts of the house. I think that actually it's could a probe be. droid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you know, if we're going for the Star Wars comparison, um, it has that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so and then when you're done with it, it goes back to its base. And recharges. Hmm. So interesting, uh. interesting little idea there. Yeah, some of this stuff you almost have to see to really be able to figure out what it is and what it does. But I could see some of this stuff seems a little bit weird, but a lot of it seems like I could get where they were going with that. They're upgrading the Fire TV stick again uh, to a version called the Max. Uh oh. And uh, they've changed <laughs> the remotes. There's now a third generation remote. It's basically just like the second generation remote except it has direct access buttons for Netflix and some things like that. Hmm. The processor in it's a little bit faster, and it offers Wi-Fi 6 support. 
But in order to use that, of course, you would need a Wi-Fi 6 router and those things. It will work with older versions of Wi-Fi and all of that kind of thing. 4K native capability will work with standard high definition. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a special extended Q&A segment this week. Had a lot of good questions come in, and keep them coming. Our number is 503-766-6264. You can call that number anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Leave your questions and your comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to find out. One User-Friendly on Facebook and Twitter. We're on both of those social media platforms or userfriendlynation.com is the website. Any of those places you can go to submit questions, comments, let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like. So what questions do we have this week? Is Apple loading pornographic images on my iPhone? Yeah, so, you know, this sounds almost like a joke in a way, because, of course, why would Apple be doing that? And the bottom line of it is, is there actually is some truth to it, but not exactly as one may think. So what we have going on here is in updates that are coming out to iOS, I believe, 13. The phone, or the the iPhone 13, rather, the idea here is that when you upload pictures to iCloud, this kind of a thing, the system will scan for child pornography. The idea being that it's a way to be able to hopefully, elim- not eliminate, of course, but try to minimize that, I think, would be the best way to do it. And, or mm, reduce. Or reduce, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and my feeling on it is anything like that, that we can get rid of those kind of horrible things, is a good idea. The problem, of course, is that's being raised is this idea of a privacy concern and how would something like that work, which is where the question comes from. And what's actually going on here is they have known image fingerprints. So what that means is that's a digital file. You, If you looked at it, it wouldn't be a picture. It wouldn't make any sense to the human, but to the electronic device, it does. So that if a picture is being uploaded that matches that fingerprint, that's when it's able to tag it as a, a pornographic child pornography image. So hmm. it isn't loading pornographic images to your device, but since it can run offline, it is loading these fingerprint files to the device. And that's what it's using to be able to make that comparison. So it isn't really a joke question. The fact of the matter is, is that this system is out there. And if you want details of it, you can go online. We talked about it on Tech Wednesday a while back, too, of where they're going with this and why. And a lot of people love it and a lot of people don't. So what is the Oculus Quest recall? Yeah, this is for the Quest 2. This is the headset that we've been trying out for the past year. I need to get mine back out. I haven't used it in a while. Me, and, yeah, uh, I'm on the, I'm in the same boat with you. Yeah, it's just hmm. it's been the summer, you know, and there's been other things yeah. going on, but it's now fall and um I really like it and and some of the games on it are really good, but they did have a problem that the foam that actually sits against your face on the headset was causing an allergic reaction for some people. So what they've done here is anybody that owns it you can go on and request this thing to fix the recall so you don't actually have to send them the headset, but they send you uh, it's like a rubber thing that goes over it. It literally just covers it, and mm-hmm. it fixes that problem. So that's what's going on, and that's what the issue was. 
And that's what they've done to fix it. What is a good aftermarket car stereo? Yeah. Um, listener question. <laughs> that's I've really vague. With, yeah. It's, uh, well, the thing of it is, is there's some issues out there. I actually talked to the listener on this because I'm having a problem with the same area myself to find out what they were really going for. Because just generically from the ratings, there's some good ones out there, Alpine, Kenwood, you know, that kind of a thing. But more what they're wondering or what the question was about is in modern cars, your screen, which is your stereo usually, has a lot of other functions through it. So it's all integrated into the car. A lot of times your AC controls, all that kind of stuff. There's buttons in the steering wheels. There's all kinds of different things. So if you want to replace the radio, say like what I'm trying to do right now and adding a navigation head unit, it isn't like it used to be where you just change the radio and you're good to go. It is a massive undertaking in some cases. Huh. Being able to figure that out is uh, is an issue. So to address more what the listener was asking us about with this is if you were to go buy a good aftermarket stereo, you go to you know Big Box or online, figure out one that you like. There's all kinds of ratings and stuff out there for that. And then you put it in your car. Okay, like the issue I'm having... I actually got a newer version of the factory stereo for it, tried to put it in, and the stereo worked after some doing with a wiring harness adapter and things, but it won't talk to the rest of the car. So the backup speakers, the Bluetooth microphone, the steering wheel controls, remote screen, all that stuff doesn't work. Hmm. And you potentially could have these same kind of problems in an aftermarket stereo. Plus, I found the ones that do include a Bluetooth microphone those microphones, I don't know. They usually aren't pretty good. Some are okay, but it's people complain they can't hear you break up, that kind of a thing. So at the end of the day, these are all things that you have to look at. Now, on the market, there's a number of devices. Of course, all of this costs more money than the stereo on top of it. To be <laughs> able to adapt most functions in modern cars, to be able to work with the aftermarket stereo, so the uh, adapter for your steering wheel controls, that's been out for a long time. But other stuff like your backup camera, that actually may be an option. If it's not, then you have to wire in another one and all of that. And there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to do that. So getting the one that's in there to work. The one that's more complicated is being able to interface with the car's onboard computer for things like climate control readouts, all of that kind of stuff. But it is still possible. They do make things to be able to do that. But again, if you're buying, let's say, a $1,200 stereo, because that's kind of the price range of the good ones, you still then probably are going to need another $200 worth of adapters and things on top of it to really be able to get it to work properly. In some cars, like that uh, brown BMW I used to have, you simply can't do it. It's made in such a way that even the car and stereo installer people just, we don't work on that model. So that's another thing to check out. So do your research Figure out what it is, and if there's some features that are not available, decide if you can live without them. And then the other thing is, is if you like the aesthetics, make sure that what you get will look nice in your car. Is the book of Boba Fett actually being made? Uh, do you guys know anything about what's happening with this? No. Yes, it is being made. They are working on it, and it's going to be out later this year. December. Is it later this year? Like yeah, December? December. Yeah. Because yeah. I haven't heard anything about it being canceled or no. anything. I yeah. just think it's probably a pretty good sized project. Yeah. And um, the people that are working on it are also working on other projects. So it, you've got people multitasking. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's definitely the case. But it is, they, they actually do have a date and it is in December. I don't think there's a date in December yet. So it's a kind of a broader time frame. 
But it is coming out. It's a spinoff of Mandalorian, and it looks like it's going to be pretty good. What is AI biometric surveillance? Yeah, this is an interesting topic, and I think we're (laughs) going to go into this in a little more detail on a future show. Uh, Get an expert on with this. But the, the raw definition of this is simply the ability for AI to be able to use biometric functions to identify people. So in other words, you have a camera that's out in the public area. The AI can look at it, see things like your gait facial recognition, all of that kind of stuff, and be able to tell who you are. The European Union is moving to ban most of this. It could be a huge invasion of security and privacy. So, you know, be an interesting thing to see where the laws go with that. But yeah, that's what it is. That's a very brief definition. But when we have more time, we're going to dive into this a little bit more and talk about how this will affect you. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Interesting show this week. I just looked back and checked everything during the break, and uh, everybody's still showing out a stock on PlayStation 5 and on the new Xbox. So I think he was lucky to get in there and get one. There is actually a live-streamed video. Somebody has taken the time to put together the software to make this work, where it checks about every three seconds each big retailer, or Best Buy, Amazon, all that. And then it creates a video in real time. And when you watch the video, you can see if anybody has inventory. And when they do, presumably go and order it. And there's a chat and everything on there. So this is becoming, you know, a big deal. Uh, Hopefully things will get better. But they're saying it could be another year before the inventory really balances out to where you can just go buy one when you want it. Wow. So, Hmm. So what do you think of our new smart devices? I mean... Well, I mean, you know, it sounds like we're going to start locking down our homes with roving robots and flying robots and, you know, everybody's taping weapons to their vacuums. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I, I kind of like the cat on the vacuum. I don't know about the weapon thing, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> but to each his own, I suppose. I guess we're going to we're going to need an Amazon 209 in a little bit. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so you guys have been watching a new series called Star Wars Visions. Actually, I, I I heard about it from um, a podcaster. I, I didn't realize that it was actually up on Disney Plus. And uh, it's called Visions. Okay. And it's that um, I'd heard about that it, they were going to do it, that it's uh, all anime. Mm-hmm. And I think it's done by all Japanese. Um, uh, yeah, they've, they've taken nine of the best, uh, and they're calling it the world's best animation companies. And they gave them each, you know, here, write something. Right. Make a, make a, a Star Wars-themed story. So if you love anime, and uh-huh. there's and they do a different variety. Anime's not, like, all the same. It, it has different flavors. So, like, for me, I preferred uh, the Duel and the Elder stories. and But there's other ones that have humor and things like that that runs through the stories that other people might prefer. Anime's got a pretty broad... The pro- a broad yeah. range of, of style yeah. and storytelling. And it, it, it's all Star Wars themes. There's lightsabers in every single episode. And it is the coolest. Of, and some of the artwork is just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Really, really pretty. All right. Star Wars Visions. And you said it's on Disney+. Plus. 
And uh, so check it out. Let us know if you've watched this. I, I know we have a lot of anime fans. So yeah, this could be something that would be really cool and really different. Yeah, the, the duel is. I just, I was just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was like watching a movie. You know? I'll have to see if this yeah. works with the surround lighting system too, because that stuff is kind of cool. It it, it the, should because it's brand new. So yeah, I would imagine. All right, well, check it out. Let us know what you think. Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus. Until next week, this is User Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at UserFriendlyNation.com, TheAnswerPortland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.